Grab a Torch podcast, a rundown and chat about reality show Survivor. ocean to Daniel's spazziness to Mike's moods and then an epic tribal council. This one was a wild ride from start to finish. Welcome to Grab a Torch Podcast, Episode 3. I have ever-evolving thoughts on this week's tribal council and we'll get there if we can keep our heads above water. But first, we open up with Taku Tribe after the Mariah vote. Mamma. There was no time for a reflection, as Marianne couldn't wait with the news that she had an extra vote. As a reminder, this was from her risk-a-vote adventure on day two with Drea and Jenny. I think Marianne is not balancing her team game with enough solo game strategy, and I think it's going to leave her very vulnerable. So the day after Tribal, Taku Tribe goes looking for the hidden immunity, and of course, Marianne finds it, because... Of course she does. She's nervous to open it, but then she decides she's not letting that old hesitancy stop her. She dives in to find out that she no longer has a vote until the beware advantage is activated. Her secret phrase is, it's another classic case of the bunny rabbit having dinner in the mailbox. So other than the Jonathan Young show at the immunity challenge, not much else went down with Taku Tribe. So let's jump back to day six and over to Vati tribe before we get to that. Vati, my favorite tribe, turning into utter shiz at the first sign of trouble. Exciting and insane trouble. So the day starts with Daniel having lost his swimming shoes. Due to Lydia and Hai mocking him behind his back, it becomes apparent that Daniel is a scatterbrain. If I remember correctly, he's looking for them in, like, the brush. Like, where someone would hide them rather than having them misplaced. Like, how could that be the first logical place to search? All kinds of questions now about Daniel, for me. Interview style, Daniel says, there are two pair of two. Mike and Jenny, and Hi and Lydia. Daniel puts himself and Chanel in between those two. That's a confident way of saying I'm in the driver's seat, as far as he and Chanel are concerned, or mostly of himself, I'm thinking. Am I the only one who felt tense during every moment of Daniel and Mike being in close proximity? I swear, had Daniel touched Mike just one more time, I was going to have to reach through the screen and slap his hand away myself. Was Daniel oblivious to Mike's barely-under-the-surface agitation, or did he realize it and think that touching the guy all the time was a way to smooth things out? Anyway, Daniel wanted to take another look at Mike's beware advantage and reminded himself of the part that read, If all three shared idols are not found by the merge, the vote penalty ends and your idol has full power. This part trips Daniel up and squelches the plan he and Chanel had of backstabbing Mike. 
the Beware Advantage Idol won't die for the other two tribes that have one if Mike's is voted out. It's also the only idol that the Vati tribe has. So I'm checkers, not chess, and will probably embarrass myself here. But is Daniel thinking, if Mike is voted out, that would get rid of the Beware advantages on the other two tribes, and so Daniel is playing that far ahead in the game? That doesn't even seem practical, like it's too many moves away. And if he's not playing that far ahead, then what is he thinking? Maybe that if Mike is gone, there won't be another Beware Idol planted to be found? Because I guess they could vote Mike out, find the Beware advantage again, but hide it even better and only open it at the right time? I don't know. I'm here for the entertainment and to embarrass myself. So Mike, interview style, says that he showed the beware advantage to Daniel to make him feel safe, but that's not what Mike said the last episode, and I believe Mike of the last episode. When he said he needed to show it to Daniel so Daniel could help Mike figure out how to play it correctly. I think Mike really messed up. It is clear there are three teams of two, and Mike went outside of his pairing with Jenny, I still can't figure out why, and I think it was a mistake. Had Mike and Jenny been the only two to know about the Beware advantage, they could have been strategizing without being taken advantage of by Daniel. Anyway, Daniel is a mess because he returns the instructions of the idol to Mike, but not the congratulations note, nor the idol itself. Daniel's perplexed, thinking he didn't have those two things. Mike looked really annoyed. Daniel had to go back to the spot where Mike handed him all three things, and on the ground, next to Daniel's water bottle, of course, it turns out, is the congratulations note. Now the water shoes make sense. Still, there's no idol, so Daniel reaches down the front of his drawers and pulls out an idol, of course. Daniel's attitude is calm, no harm, no foul type of a thing, but something is a foul, though, Daniel. See? See that expression on Mike's face? Of course, I can't help but remember last week when Mike re-hid the idol for a little while and lost it. This tribe, it seems, is one act after another of Three Stooges type of stuff. It's still my favorite tribe, and Daniel and Chanel are still my favorite pair. But the honeymoon period is over, and I have all kinds of different feelings around all of it now. This takes us to day seven and the challenge. Marianne said her bunny in the mailbox thing. There was nothing from Ika tribe, so Mike over at Vati kept quiet. I swear Daniel's spazziness affected even the ocean because it was all over the place and not messing around one bit. The players could barely keep on their platforms as they pitched this way and that from the swells before the competition even started. But there was Jonathan Young the Amazing to take on the challenge single-handedly. And when it was go time, Jonathan went and brought his tribe with him. Literally, Jonathan moved his players around through the ocean like it was a swimming pool while everyone on the other tribes just did their best to keep from drowning. 
It literally was something you would not believe unless you saw it for yourself. And even though I did, I still can barely believe it. It's so inspiring to see how much a single person can do. How much they can become with focus and dedication and hard work. It's not an exaggeration when I say that it's like watching a giant working with tiny play school figures or something more modern that I can't think of. So Jonathan carries his team and the heavy-ass ladder out of the ocean and through to the rest of the challenge to very easily win immunity. Ika and Vati have to be commended for being out in the ocean and still trying their very best until the decision was made to have the teams come to shore with just their ladders and not to try using the ladders to obtain their key. The poles were brought down so production could deliver the keys to the teams once they were on the beach. They did a restart and finished off the rest of the challenge. When my girl Drea landed the final sandbag up onto that perch to give Ika Tribe a second place finish, oh my goodness, I jumped up, knocked over my TV tray, TV dinner, TV guide, it all flew every which way. I was so damn happy for her. What a thrill. Can you imagine? Yay, Drea! Vati Tribe came in last and they win the unfortunate position of having their first tribal council to attend. Jeff mentioned that he had never seen a performance like Jonathan's before. I mean, who has, really? Jonathan seemed so humble about it, with prayer hands and a slight bow to Jeff. I may have even teared up a little bit. Again, inspiring. As H-E double hockey sticks. Can you not just picture Marianne saying that? Anyway... Winning Taku tribe is told to pick someone from the losing Vati tribe to go on a journey. They huddle and pick Chanel. They're then told to make a second pick from Ika or their own tribe, and, knowing what they know, they send Omar from their own tribe. Chanel and Omar go off on an adventure, and we are going off to Vati tribe. Jenny's nervous about Chanel being gone on the boat ride and not back at camp strategizing. Jenny hopes that Chanel plays it safe at the risk of vote. Spoiler, Chanel does not. And why does she not? I am not understanding at all why she is not. Omar and Chanel hit it off on their adventure, but things really fall apart once they're separate and at the ship's wheel where they must choose to save a vote or risk a vote. Ah. <sighs> Chanel had clearly stated that she could not afford to risk a vote because she has tribal that night. And then what does she go and do? Change her mind at the wheel and decide that she's here to take big risks and to go for the million. I still almost can't believe it. The right move at the right time is the right answer, and she had stated out loud what that move was. She needed to be conservative, save her vote, and then inexplicably she goes for the risk of vote. Omar knows that Chanel cannot risk her vote because she clearly stated it, plain English. So he chose risk of vote, and boy oh boy is he going to be sadly surprised when he next hits the voting booth. Was it clouded ambitious thinking? 
maybe she couldn't help but last minute think farther down the road because I guess she could have been thinking at the end of the day what did it really matter if it's Lydia or Jenny going home so long as she and Daniel are safe and in the meantime she can make sure that Omar loses a vote which if that's still in play and they merge it could help her I guess that's a lot of ifs with still a lot of time to play potentially before a merge and another risk is that it makes an enemy out of Omar instead of a possible ally yeah no I can't figure it out anyway back to Vati hi Lydia and Daniel go off have a quick chat about voting Jenny with Chanel's vote as well and while Daniel is gone Mike and Jenny talk about the vote being Lydia which they also think they have Chanel and Daniel Mike feels solid with Chanel but Daniel makes him nervous since when since before or after you showed him the beware advantage I'm hung up on that can you tell Squirrely Daniel hustles back to Mike and Jenny and lets them know the others are going Jenny but of course he's not that they're all actually going Lydia including Chanel finally Chanel returns from her adventure Daniel meets her at the beach and Chanel says we have to vote for Lydia and then she says we have to split the votes I don't think I have a vote so she knew she knows so was it calculated on her part to come back without a vote was it in order to make Omar lose his vote or I'm missing something probably I'm missing a lot so hi and Chanel meet up and then are joined by Lydia and Daniel and Chanel tells hi that they have to have the guys vote Mike the girls vote Jenny in case someone has an idol but here's the thing hi and Lydia as far as I can tell have no idea that Mike has no vote and no idea that Chanel has no vote so they're looking at six votes being cast and if they follow Chanel's logic wouldn't that work out to be Chanel and Lydia voting Jenny for two votes Daniel and Hi voting Mike for two votes Mike and Jenny voting Lydia for two votes and a three-way split or who were Hi and Lydia thinking that Mike and Jenny were going after let's say that Mike had an idol it would still then be two votes Jenny two votes Lydia and then I guess if it was two votes Jenny two votes Lydia I guess the thinking is they can flush out the idol and if they end in a tie then they can do a revote and go for Jenny I don't know I'm really I'm out of my depth half the time with this game anyway before I use up my last brain cell let's jump to tribal council where Daniel right away volunteers that he won't be the winner of season 42 because he's constantly in a state of paranoia and how can you go with your gut when you're always paranoid Jeff asked him who calms him down and he said Mike calms me down Chanel calms me down 
and also his mom and his girlfriend calm him down. But I don't see his mom nor his girlfriend there with torches. What I do see is High, looking like he's trying to swallow a horse as his uneasy feelings grow exponentially. In the voting booth, High looked stressed as ever, but in the end, it was two votes Lydia, two votes Jenny, not one vote Jenny, one vote Mike. Chanel looked shocked, but then when Jeff said that there were no more votes, High and Lydia looked shocked. The tie means there's a revote, but now Jenny and Lydia, in a tie, can't vote. So now it's one vote for Jenny from High and one vote for Lydia from Daniel, a second tie. Jeff explains that the four not on the chopping block have to come to a unanimous decision between Jenny and Lydia, or else the four of them will pick rocks and one of them will go home. And now also Jeff is forced to expose that there are two players who can't vote and Mike and Chanel raise their hands as those two players. So Mike and Chanel can influence High and Daniel, but the decision comes down to High and Daniel only. High looks about as confused as a person can look, while Daniel looks like it's just another day at the office. But then again, he is a law clerk, so... Daniel states up front that he really doesn't want to go to Rocks. High asks Daniel, why did he lose his trust? Daniel says, you never lost my trust tonight. I was under the impression that Chanel wanted Lydia. That statement did not put a good expression on Chanel's face. Daniel continued to say, now Chanel, if you wanted me to vote Jenny, please let me know. I was voting on your behalf in a way. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a crazy tribal council. So Daniel is telling the truth technically, I guess, but I think Chanel was not switching gears as fast as Daniel. I think Chanel was more in the down low play and not wanting to come out about it all which makes perfect sense, but then Daniel goes on and paints it out as Chanel as the mastermind, he second fiddle, instead of the two of them, no leader, no second fiddle. Hey, maybe it's true. We sure don't seem to see as much of Chanel as we do Daniel, so maybe it's the editing that is more mystifying than the players? In the end, High makes it perfectly clear that he is not changing his vote. He must stick to his numbers. His vote is Jenny. Daniel gives in and says his vote is Jenny, and Jenny Kim is the fourth person voted out. She leaves without saying a word, but I was saying and wailing, no, on her behalf. Yeah, so my head is spinning. I, it's, it, it was a lot. Daniel seemed unnaturally calm through every second of that tribal council, except, 
except at the very beginning where he voluntarily brought up that he could never win season 42 because he's too paranoid and it makes it hard for him to go with his gut. Then he kind of came off a little bit like a loose cannon kind of thing, emotional, whatever. But at no other time did he seem, did he seem ruffled at all. Right now, my gut is telling me that Daniel is a very crafty, on-purpose player who may not be paranoid at all. He seems scattered, losing things all the time, and that could be true him, or it could be creating an absent-minded professor persona, or exaggerating what he may have a little of, who knows, but absent-minded isn't the same as paranoia. Also, how absent-minded can one be while working as a law clerk? I just know that when Tribal seemed chaotic and a lot for everyone there, Daniel alone looked like he was soaking in a hot tub working on a crossword puzzle. Why did he volunteer that he's paranoid and can't go with his gut? Maybe because he was working his cover story for After Tribal. And then when asked who calms him down, why didn't he give a more politically smart response like, everyone in the tribe calms me down in different ways? It was by answering Mike calms me down and Chanel calms me down that High was suddenly very much not calm. And I believe that that put High on High Alert and it made High change his vote from Mike to Jenny and caused the tie and kept Lydia safe. Man, this is much insanity to think about now. Jenny Kim, who showed her brilliance with the triangle puzzle and one of my favorites is gone. <sighs> she seemed calm when her name was brought up when asked who Lydia and I were voting for. Too calm and too trusting. If you're on Survivor Island and you hear your name, it is not time to sit and trust. I can only imagine the tension once this tribe returns to camp. I'm not sure I have enough focus right now to think about what happens at Vati camp after tribal, but I bet Daniel isn't even going to be rattled by what went down. I really don't. I think he's a guy who, the crazier things get, the calmer he gets. I think he's in his element when things are chaotic. I reserve the right to change my mind, but that's my gut feeling in this moment. I think it's in chaos where Daniel grows his strength somehow. I also think that Daniel is going to manage to mend things quickly with Chanel. Man, I could really change my mind quick on that, but that's me in this moment. Ooh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he doesn't even try. Okay, let me pull this back. So, obviously everyone's going to be reading everyone else's temperatures, explaining themselves, having their feelings, etc. One thing we know, Hai and Lydia did more good than harm to their pairing. 
Certainly Lydia will have a lot of loyalty toward High now, and she had plenty before this. If they weren't skeptical enough, Daniel's going to be able to convince them that he was simply doing Chanel's bidding. Which is true, but only up to a point. Daniel's trying to be part of a pair, but solo at the same time. Like a useful idiot. Like someone else's useful idiot. And how does he know what's going on? He's just paranoid and has a hard time knowing what his gut's telling him. The unknown is Chanel because she really hasn't been shown much. If Daniel is her social front and she has a hard time with her own social game, then she could feel like she needs him or someone to be out in front of her. Okay, here's what I think happens. Daniel schmoozes High and Lydia now more than ever. He doesn't try to smooth things out with Mike or Chanel. And Daniel, with his new coalition, could go after either Mike or Chanel. Mike first, before Mike ends up getting an extra vote out of an activated beware advantage. And then Chanel after that. Also, the adventure hike could come into play. I don't think... Chanel is eligible to go again, but any of the other four could be sent and land themselves with an extra vote. Ah, oh, man, it was Chanel, though, who told Hi they were splitting votes and for him to vote Mike. It's like Daniel managed to make everything sort of messy, but he's also going to be able to come out of this squeaky clean. And I just don't know that he is. And I also don't know that he isn't. Why is this so confusing to me? I think this is where I need to end it, with me utterly confused and exhausted by it all. Ay, maybe I wake up tomorrow with brand new thoughts about the whole thing. We'll see. I do hope that Vati tribe doesn't find themselves back at next tribal. I would love that I would love for there to be enough time for them to readjust to their new tribe and let the dust settle. The chance for one of them to go on another adventure where an extra vote could be gained could really be interesting to throw into the mix as well. That extra vote could end up replacing Mike's lost vote by someone wanting to work with him. Okay, stop me, please. I'm getting myself dizzy. Hey, thanks for checking out this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Take care of yourselves, have a great week, and I hope to see you back again for another Survivor Chat. <laughs>